Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Talking With Their Mouths Full. I'm Nightingale Nguyen. And I'm Michael Chan. And today we will be having, as Chris Jericho would say, a little bit of the bubbly. And by that, we mean bubble, bubble tea. tea. Which is why we're here at Rabbit Rabbit Tea at 10,650. Okay, 10,650 Leslie Street. 10,650 Leslie Street, Unit 4 in Richmond Hill. Alrighty, so entering this place, it is pretty awesome because it is covered with bunnies, all right? You and love bunnies, right? I love bunnies because I have a bunny. Her name is Love, so that way she knows that she's always loved. And so what's really awesome is that when you order a bubble tea, you get like this cute little topper on your straw that's like the bunny mouth and it's really, really cute. Also, it also says on top of your, your tea, have a beautiful day. That's clever, yeah. I love it. Lots of places for you to take pictures too. Mm -hmm. The decor is fantastic here. I, I really, I really, really love it. It's it's a little bit of I would say it's a little English. Yeah, a little English. Like it's, the it's, rabbit it's, looks it's like black Peter and Rabbit. Yellow. Yeah, the rabbit does look like Peter Rabbit. Mind you, on their website it says uh, their mascot is a little bit of American, a little bit of rock, and a little bit of industrial. Yeah. But like I said, I, I see a lot of England. UK yeah. here, which is fantastic. It feels very, very spacious because, mm -hmm. like, and it's also like super, super clean. Because, like, oh, normally yeah. in some bubble tea places, it's all about like fitting, fitting in as many people as you can possible, and it's kind of crowded. But this place feels very, very spacious. Mm -hmm. Lots of walking space, mm -hmm. breathing space. So, what did you get from them today? I got the hot tea. So it is the Japanese buckwheat tea. So this tea is non-caffeinated and also I don't see that many buckwheat teas so I just really had to try it buckwheat. and it tastes like this herbal drink in a tea yeah I've never had buckwheat tea so mm. I'm definitely gonna try that next time yeah uh, what I got I actually got two drinks yes you did one is the matcha milk tea with regular tapioca and I also got the Assam milk tea with the signature white boba that they serve here that they say is chewy but not sticky Oh, it wow. is not too sweet, but has a lot of flavor. It's not too hard, mm -hmm. and not too soft. Makes me wonder how it feels if I just swallow them whole. <laughs> All right. Let them go down my throat. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> hey, E. Oh, E's our photographer. We, yeah. we have a photographer now. Because we cool like that. Yep, yep, we're pros. So, E, what did you get? So, I got the lychee tea with coconut jelly. Ooh. Hi, everyone. Uh, and you, this, this looks amazing. Yeah, it looks so cute. Uh, but yeah, a little bit about bubble tea, and here is a history bite. History bite! Yep, history bite. History uh, sip. Bubble tea was invented in Taiwan in the 1980s. Now, there are two competing stories about its invention, dueling invention stories. The first states that Tu Tsonghi, owner of the Han Lin Tea Room of Tainan, invented it in 1986. The other states that it was invented in 19, uh, 1988 by Liu Hanxie, owner of Chan Shui Tang Tea Room in Taichung. They still haven't figured out whose claim is the real one. Oh my so goodness. So I guess we're, we're going to be stuck with two stories. All right. Since its invention, bubble tea has become incredibly popular all over the world. So when Fang Yusheng told his family and friends of his dream of getting into the bubble tea business to pioneer new ways of tea consumption and innovate tea culture presentation, he was met with quite a bit of opposition. But thank goodness he didn't listen to any of them and decided to open Rabbit Rabbit Tea in Taipei in 2015 because his use of up to nine 
different tea bases to produce up to 50 different flavors of drinks, as well as his penchant for colorful presentation and his use of his signature white boba led to enough success for him to actually expand the chain to now have 23 locations in Taiwan, plus locations in Hong Kong, Shanghai, Japan, California, New York, and now they are here in Richmond Hill, Canada. I'm very excited about that. I'm also excited because I actually got to sit down with one of the owners of this location of Rabbit Rabbit Tea, Doris, Doris who was you. kind enough to give me uh, some of her time to, to go over uh, everything to do with her location of Rabbit Rabbit Tea. And uh, unfortunately, she didn't have enough time to actually be on air to do a live interview with us. So I'm actually going to read off the notes that I got from that interview. The owners are Doris and Rachel, and this location opened this year, August 18, 2019. Now, when Doris and Rachel were both students at the University of Toronto, U of T, U of T Pride. Um, so yeah, when Doris and Rachel were at the University of Toronto, they actually already started to talk about the possibility of opening a tea shop together because they really did want to get into business together. Now, both of them were in math-based uh, programs. Uh, Doris was in math and statistics and Rachel was in finance. Uh, but, you know, as is the case with being a student, uh, they didn't have enough money and to open a shop and they also wanted to really focus on their studies, get their degrees, you know, graduate before actually doing anything uh, this big, right? So in the end, they graduated and Doris ended up working uh, in a bank and Rachel became an accountant. Now, a few years later, they're working in their respective financial fields. Uh, the conversation of opening a tea shop actually came up again uh, while the two of them were having dinner at a fried chicken place. Now the thing is Doris has always been the one with the passion for tea. She yeah, she is loves, a really big tea enthusiast. Oh yeah, she is a huge tea enthusiast. She was having tea like three, three times, times a, a week, week like, at different bubble tea or does, just I know, some tea people shops. Go for yeah, tea like once a day. No, exactly, and and so that that's a lot of money to put in. And now Rachel, on the other hand, wasn't this big of a tea enthusiast, but like I said, they had always wanted to open a business together. So, I mean, that enthusiasm that Doris had for tea uh, really kind of worked, right? So she thought Doris thought. If, if, if I'm already spending this much money on tea, on milk tea especially, why not just open my own place with my friend and this way I can drink my own stuff, right? <laughs> and also sell it. So that led to basically a year ago uh, when they started to really dig into that idea. So they did a lot of research. Yeah, and, and it was also mm -hmm. about like whether or not they should do their own thing, make their own brand and everything, or just go with a franchise. Exactly, because so, so they talk hard. to a lot of people, like their friends. When they meet people, they would talk to people and say, yeah, we're, we're thinking about opening a shop. What are you looking for in a brand new tea shop? Because Toronto and the greater Toronto area, there are a lot of tea shops. And some of these tea shops are franchises, like yeah. Chow Time, they're everywhere. Everywhere you Everywhere. Go. So, yeah, for Doris and Rachel, the key was to figure out what people are looking for in a new mm -hmm. tea place. So, yeah, in terms of 
whether they wanted to do their own thing or whether to have a franchise. Uh, it all came down to this. Like, if they had to do their own place, there is the... There's so much work going into so branding their own thing and yeah. trying to find a way to make themselves unique. It's Exactly. It's so they would have to actually create something new, something different, something that will attract people to come to their own place. And that takes a lot of money and a lot of time. And the branding, yeah, branding is actually one of the hardest things to do. Whereas if you uh, run a franchise, you now have a template, right? You have, sure, there's the, the, the franchise cost, the franchise fee. But at the end of the day, you have kind of like someone in the back end to support you, to guide you through the process, and you already have something. So then for Doris and Rachel, okay, they want to do a franchise, but do they do a franchise of something that's already here? Or do they try to bring something over that has not been here before? Well, so we already know the answer to that question. Exactly, they brought so, something over. Anyway, so a friend of theirs like told them about this really, really great bubble tea place called Rabbit Rabbit Tea. Yes, so, and I'm drinking my, my Assam tea, which is amazing. The white pearls, guys, mm -hmm. the white pearls. Yep, they're exactly as advertised. Because I don't like things that are too sweet, and these are these are flavor, but they're definitely not too sweet. But yeah, so they did talk to a lot of franchises uh, or a lot of brands over here, and they've discovered that there's a lot of people on wait, especially the big ones. There's a lot of people on wait lists, so they couldn't even open it right away. Yeah. And there's a lot of restrictions, and it just didn't really fit with the vision that they had. So yeah. uh, their friend did uh, recommend that they look into Rabbit Rabbit Tea. Uh, especially because Doris is such a tea enthusiast yeah. and Rabbit Rabbit Tea has nine different tea bases over in Taiwan. Yeah. So, so what's really cool is that once they were really fully invested in opening up Rabbit Rabbit Tea, they met with one of the people down south. In California. Trained. Yeah, California. That's right. So the Silicon location, Valley. Mm -hmm. The uh, location in California was opened by uh, four former female Silicon Valley businesswomen. Who decided that they wanted they loved rabbit rabbit tea so much that they wanted to own their uh, mm -hmm. their own their lo own location so doris and rachel flew over to california last year met with them as well as the uh, manager sent from taiwan to kind of help the silicon valley girls open there and run their shop mm -hmm. and get them up to speed so doris and rachel met with them got to try all the teas got to get a better idea of what they were getting themselves themselves into and from there, they felt, wow, yeah, Rabbit Rabbit really meets what we want in a tea shop, what we're looking to open. And so they ended up signing their contract and the planning started. So eventually they did fly over to Taiwan, got to meet all the brass over there, uh, got some brand training because you need that if you're yeah. going to bring a brand over here. It's great because Doris was telling me how uh, the owners of Rabbit Rabbit in Taiwan were really excited because they were look, they are looking to expand. They're looking to get bigger, and I mean they don't have a million locations, right? Because they want to be careful with who they do business with in terms of bringing their brand over. So they felt that Doris and Rachel not only had the confidence but also had the kind of enthusiasm, and especially with Doris with her understanding and love of tea itself, they were the right, I guess, agent to bring. Yeah the brand over to Canada and opened their first location over here. So now we have Rabbit Rabbit Tea again that opened in August uh, 18th of 2019. The location here uh, has eight 
bases instead of nine. And in fact, it has one base that is not available in Taiwan, which is the Assam T, which is what I'm having. So you're lucky, everyone. Go try it now. Now, Doris's philosophy for business uh, is you look at the past, you look at your experience, what has happened, and you use that experience to figure out what you need to do now to basically make your brand better. And then from there, you take what, all the experience you're gaining now and look into the future and how to move your brand and your store forward. And with that said, so like I said, they, they have nine tea bases here right now, but they want to keep introducing new ones. For example, they're going to have a new base in November uh, that they're going to introduce. They're going to have it for a you know, limited time, see how people feel. If they like it, they'll keep it. If they don't, they'll move on to another one. And they'll keep doing that to try to innovate and see what new tea bases, because Doris, and I, I agree with her, totally rightly feels that it's the tea base that makes the milk tea yeah like milk over here especially like there isn't much variety of milk that you can put no, in it's, it's very basic really right isn't. so what will then make the flavor make the actual what's the backbone of the milk tea is the base yeah so that's why it's so important to have a variety for different you know for different people with different tastes and that's why it's such a treat to come here because like you got to try assam and i get to try like japanese buckwheat like that's just you know, normally we just have the typical like milk tea or like here add, have a little flavor and then it's like something something milk tea. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Now just a little bit uh, more about Doris. Just uh, asked her a little bit about herself because I mean it, it, her story reminds me of a little bit of me because when I was at U of T I was studying human biology and sociology and my degrees in human biology and in my Joe job I'm a realtor nothing to do with being an actor and yet here I am I'm a performer I'm an artist so for Doris you know she went from having this math and finance background and then transitioning into being a creative business owner uh, of a drink shop like that's a huge change and I was it was very uh, it was nice talking to her about that transition because so because she felt like you know back when she was doing the nine-to-five at a bank you know, being an employee, her day was very structured. She knew how her day was gonna go. She knew how her week was gonna go. There is, really isn't much variation in how things are gonna be, and you know, that's fine and all. But then, you know, you transition into being a business owner. Now, your days aren't exactly sure. She has all, you know, she has her, her store's opening hours and all that, but there is so much work that has to be done to maintain a shop like this and to have to engage with your client base and try to see how to grow the, your base, right? How to get more people to come here and how to be more creative with your, not only your marketing, but the way you make your food. Because you, you can't just keep everything the same always, right? You gotta keep moving forward. So- you Gotta keep innovating. So she has found it to be, I guess, creatively, satisfying in that way because she's always thinking always thinking always thinking and meanwhile so so doris is more of like the creative side of things she's mm -hmm. the you know she thinks about the branding the marketing and all that and then rachel does all of the back-end business stuff with the finances the you know stocking everything and inventory so for her there that's a transition too because she went from being an accountant 
uh, to being a business owner, which is a completely different thing. Mind you, with her background in accounting, obviously it makes it a lot easier for her to understand the finances of things when running a business. Mm -hmm. And I think for those, for these two, it's it's fantastic because they have that balance, right? As partners, yeah. you know, they can balance each other out in terms of creativity and business and be able to work together to bring this absolutely wonderful tea shop to Richmond Hill and, and the greater Toronto area. So, in terms of what they would recommend if you've never been here, Doris highly recommends that if you look at their menu and you really can't decide what you want to try, they have daily specials now. So yeah, just choose one of them and they're all, they're all amazing and wonderful and delicious. So you can go with one of those. Or like if you want, they can actually allow you to have a sample of their tea bases just to see if, which tea base you prefer and then from there you can get your milk tea and your boba. And also, like in the next couple of weeks to a few months, they're going to be introducing new teas for you to mm -hmm. try because like they're still in the infancy stage. If you, and it's crazy because they opened in August this year. Yeah. And she did, Doris also did actually recommend a Japanese buckwheat milk tea that you're Which having. Which I got. Are you liking it? I go? am. I'm almost done actually. <laughs> uh, they also, there's another recommendation. So this is from Taiwan. It's the Golden Jin Xuan, J-I-N X-U-A-N. So Doris says that the, you actually get the taste of the milk a little better in mm. that. So if that is um, something you want to try, mm -hmm. you give it a go. And uh, yeah, so man, that was a lot <laughs> yeah. for our first actual interview. So that's, that's very exciting. Thank you so much, Doris, for uh, giving us your time. Thank you, uh, Rabbit Rabbit questions for and thank being you. awesome. So yeah, my Asante, like I said, it is, it is absolutely delicious. So as a base, it isn't too bitter. And um, I didn't get that much sugar in mine, so I was able to taste the tea a little better. And yeah, like, like I said, even with a little bit of sugar, it, there's a good balance of sweetness and bitterness in this. And I love it with the white boba like this. My Japanese mm. buckwheat. I just like that it's a warm tea and also it just feels very healthy. I feel now healthy. I'm going to try the, mm, the matcha milk tea with the regular tapioca. He is busy consuming mm. all of the tea, so mm. it's an obvious win. So this was, um, ooh, this tastes, this tastes, okay, I can definitely taste the matcha. So there's also brown sugar in this one. Oh. Uh, so I wasn't allowed to adjust the sugar level, which is fine, which is fine. So it is a lot sweeter than uh, some milk tea, mm -hmm. but I don't find it overwhelming. Like I'm not. So it's a good balance. I don't dislike this. This is actually really, really good. And uh, when you first get the tea, it's actually kind of separated. So like the tapioca is at the bottom, then there's milk. Then you have the, the matcha tea at the top, and oh. then you have to shake it to actually get it to mix together. And yeah, the, the balance is amazing on this. Mm. So our topic of the day, what we are going to be talking about outside of Rabbit Rabbit Tea is updates on our careers. But before we get to that, we actually have a special message from our friends over at TG Geeks with their TG Geeks podcast. Please enjoy this promo. Greetings, programs and applications. I'm Ben, and I am Keith, and we are the, the Two Gay, Gay Geeks. Geeks. We are the nerds behind TG Geeks webcast, where we talk about sci-fi, comics, film, horror, genre, 
You name it, we talk about it. We release an episode every Monday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern. You can find us on iTunes, Blueberry, Spreaker, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Also, look us up on YouTube. And, of course, we can be found at TGGeeks.com, where you can find not only our webcast, but articles about other geeky goodness. So come along for the wildest ride in the potosphere. Did you just say potosphere? You know, Nightingale, I actually think they're the best web cast or podcast in the Potterverse, which Ooh. is the parallel universe to the Potosphere. Oh. <laughs> That's right. I Thank like you it. guys. Like Thank you, uh, TG Geeks, for promoting us as well. We really Thank you appreciate for loving us. you uh, playing our promo on your show, and we love you guys. Your show is fantastic. Everyone, if you haven't listened to the TG Geeks podcast, you definitely should. Please send All some love right. to our family. So, Nightingale. Yes, Michael. I just saw you on a clothing commercial. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. Can you tell us a little bit about it? All right, so the brand that I'm representing now is called Muskoka Bearwear. And so it is 100% Canadian, and it's basically the more Canadian version of Roots. Oh, because, more Canadian than Roots? Because Roots is actually American. But it's branded as Canadian wear, from what I've been told. But I've been told that Muskoka Bear wear is like fully Canadian. And it's mostly for, it's, it basically looks like Roots, but I find it more like warm and fuzzy. And it's like, you can wear it in the summer and it's like really cooling as well. So how was the, because um, your ad, your the scene takes place at a cottage, right? We were or in the, Muskoka. All the, you were actually in, in Muskoka. Muskoka. So that's a real cottage. Yeah. Wow. So how was it like a one day shoot? It was a multiple day shoot because we had different things going on. We shot it during the um, Canada Day weekend. Oh, so you missed Canada Day? No, I celebrated Canada Day at a cottage. With your your co-stars? Yeah. So I got to chill with a doggy. Wow. Yeah. So that was awesome. Yeah, Callie, she was the star of the whole thing. Yeah. So like I was basically pulling her down, you know? So was she like, like a trained set dog? Yeah. Wow. Like she was fully trained. Like I would call her over, she runs up, and then we would just read a book together. Did you, because I've never worked with animals on set before. Did, it, like, did you have to be trained or anything? Or did you? You just, you just have to know the commands and make sure the dog gets used to. So you have to bond with the dog a little bit. Oh, and uh, then how was that? It was pretty cool. Like she was very friendly. So I got to play with her a little bit. We bonded. I gave her treats so she can trust me. And then we have to practice like me calling her clearly and then she would learn to like she would get used to me calling so it's like call and response oh wow because yeah like she when i watched the commercial i honestly believe she was your dog yeah like, she was really affectionate with you but you were in quite a bit of the commercial yeah the other scenes too yeah i had a few scenes at the at night where we were playing with the sparklers and Callie, the little golden retriever she's still a baby too wait how old is she i think she's like six months old or something what wow she looked yeah, they, they get they grow really big. They grow. Clearly, I don't know enough about dogs. Yeah, they grow, and yeah, she's really well behaved. She wasn't scared of the fire or the sparklers. She was very chill. Oh, that was going to be my next question. So she she wasn't afraid of any of that. Yeah. Oh wow. Like That's... she knew what was up, and then there was a time where she was very very hyper. So then I had to go outside and play with her. So that <laughs> way she would just like calm down, and then that way it was my way to bond with her. So that was a really cool thing, and the clothes are. Great, and they support and you, you, um, Sick Kids Hospital. Oh, they do. Did you get to keep any of it? Or? I got to keep some of the clothes, Ooh. and they have multiple locations in the cottage area. So, like Gravenhurst, Muskoka, they have a bunch of storefronts, and you can also order online. 
So they, they don't have any over here yet? They don't have a storefront here, but you can still order. And sometimes they have pop-ups. Because I really want to try. Like after, I was like, ooh, that looks so comfy. Yeah, because like I remember, I've been seeing people wear it and I'm like, I really? noticed it. Yeah, like I, I, haven't, remember, I haven't seen it on the street yet. Actually, we went to a cafe once and I actually saw a bunch of people wear it. Oh, nice. The cafe we were, at, we were at, which we will feature, we'll do an episode at later. Okay, we will. Yeah. So, how does it feel to see yourself in a commercial? Because it was a clothing commercial, so I was very surprised. I was kind of like, what, me? Have you done one before? I've done clothing? like modeling for clothing. Because yeah, I know I know you've done modeling, but not I'm, a commercial. Not a commercial. Right? No. So especially it... like a cottage wear commercial, because I normally do like more like dresses and whatnot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So and I've was... seen you on a runway too, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. But not not one of these types of yeah. homey Canadian. Yeah, super Canadian. I was like, super what? Canadian. I'm Canadian. I made it, guys. Yeah, it's official. Nightingale yeah. is super Canadian. Canadian. Yeah, Can you believe I've never been to a cottage? It's okay. It's I, basically I've a never. house away from home. Like, wait, did you guys stay in the cottage or did you have a trailer or? We stayed in the cottage. Oh, wow. Yeah, so and it's we like, had like, it's like a, a party. Food. Yeah, it was a party in there. And nice. with the doggy. So I got to play with the dog. And and did you, was there free time? Did you get to do we stuff? We got some free time and then- What'd you do? My free time was just bonding with the dog. Because I had to like get ready for everything. Did, was, was, but she was really easy. Fun available for you guys? Yeah. I don't know, like canoeing, kayaking, yeah, there was, hiking? Yeah, there was a canoeing scene, so we got to do some of that, and we also got to barbecue. Oh. But yeah, about you. So, like, about you me? had an interview, and you also been booking some stuff, Superstar. Yeah, I have, so I cannot talk about the commercial I booked. Commercials. Okay, okay, I'm trying to be humble. Yes, I booked mm -hmm. commercials, mm -hmm. plural, but I can't really talk about them right now. Uh, and that's that's the thing about being an actor. A lot of times when you book stuff, you can't really talk about any of it yeah. until it airs or you are given permission by production to say something or other. Uh, actually, it's one to of keep the it a surprise for all y'all. Mm -hmm. One of the commercials I actually uh, worked on, on the call sheet, the call sheet is the sheet that tells you how the day's breakdown is going to look like. Mm -hmm. For example, what your call time or time you're supposed to show up is, uh, what scenes they're going to do at what time, who's involved in what scene, who the directors are, uh, who cinematographers, all the names, where the hospitals are, what the weather is. So that's all in a call sheet. And this call sheet for this commercial actually said, director's note, no use of social media whatsoever on set. So that's how serious things are. Oh yeah, that was the days. same. That was the same with my commercial, and also like we have to be super green. So that means bring your own water bottle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had the same thing on a on a set recently. Yeah, a lot of set, a lot of sets do this because we want to be able to reduce waste. Like even now, when I go to sets, I, I'm bringing my own water bottle now because I really don't want to use plastic water bottles anymore. And um, but sometimes. It, I find that there are sets that it's just impossible because they don't have like a water dispenser. Mm -hmm. But thankfully, the commercial I just did, they did. They had a water dispenser. And you were also like a mentor there too. Yeah, not going to talk about that either. Oh, okay. <laughs> not yet. So basically, Michael was just being awesome. Like there was a bunch of like new actors in the industry and Michael was just being gracious You don't have to tell people I <laughs> He was just being humble You're too and awesome. nice. You're too nice. I'm just being honest. I just honest. like welcoming We're new actors the to the industry, here. especially when they're doing background and they're 
You know, I mean, it's the right thing to do. They, they don't know anything about the industry. And, you know, you want to make sure that they're, when they leave the set, they are in they the right direction. Something. And they learn something. That's right. Yeah. But yes, earlier today, I was on the sit-down with Scott Dion Brown Woo! and Regine Elena. Regine, yeah. congratulations on winning Ms. Galaxy. Ms. Galaxy? Yeah, Canada oh 2020. Uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was fantastic being in the presence of such greatness and beauty and grace. She's Miss Galaxy. So, so before I even talk about that interview, mm -hmm. I need to say something. I was telling Scott that he and Regine and their show is essentially proof of concept of our show in that Scott is also a tall Asian dude mm -hmm. and Regine is a enthusiastic and bubbly Asian female. So kind of like me and you. Yeah. Except I'm the bubbly Asian female. <laughs> okay, okay. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But yeah, that the the was it was my first interview. Okay, I lied. In a way. Okay. In a way. So my first ever interview as an actor was when I was in film school, mm -hmm. and one of my teachers brought me along for an interview on CBC Radio One. What? But That's I was an I was I I honestly wouldn't even call myself an actor back then. I was a student of acting mm -hmm. and it, back then even though I was nervous because I'd never been interviewed before it was simple uh, and I, I didn't feel overly nervous because I knew they were just gonna ask what's it like at the film school what are you learning we heard that this teacher handcuffed you then put, dumped water on your head to make you um, have your breakthrough in a scene Wait, how was that what? Are you serious? So tell us about that. And I knew all of this. Yeah, I got handcuffed. Oh my god. For realsies. They, they threw the key across the room, handcuffed me, got me on my knees, dumped water on me, and took my glasses away. And I actually had my first ever acting breakthrough because that scene, I was, I was a prisoner. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't really hitting the fear, but whatever. So that, was, that, that interview was simple for me because I knew what was going to be asked. But with Scott, I knew he wanted to talk to me and, and Regine. I want, knew they wanted to talk to me about our podcasts. I knew they would probably ask me about my acting career. But outside of that, I had to talk with them. I have to chat with them for an hour. Like, dude, do, I didn't even know if I had an hour's worth of anything to talk about. That would be interesting for listeners, right? Mm -hmm. So I was absolutely terrified, if I'm gonna be honest. I, my heart was like, beating and I was sweating and I was like oh my god oh my god what did I get myself into but I, I already knew Scott I met him on set mm -hmm. uh, a set I can't talk about but <laughs> I met him on set we acted together and he's a really great guy he's very easy to talk to he's he's a lot of fun honestly one of the most genuine and down-to-earth people I've ever met period not just in the industry but like ever and Regine uh, turns out she was also just so kind and warm and and bubbly <laughs> and I don't know the two of them made me feel comfortable mind you I will admit I was still nervous and to the point where and this is real when they asked me because I was talking about how I met my wife they asked me how long have I been married for I barely ever get asked that mm -hmm. so I know it's eight years 
but for some odd reason, my brain went to tell them you were married in 2011, <laughs> and then my mouth said I was married in 2001, and I didn't even know I said that until my brain processed it after we were off the air and we were taking like selfies, and I was like, "Hey, Regine, did I say 2001 or 2011?" She was like, "You said you were married in 2001," and I was like. How old are you? <laughs> and I was like, oh God, oh no. And then I immediately WhatsApped my wife, honey, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Oh, oh my God, but you know, it feels like we've been together forever. I love you. I swear I know we've been married for eight years. <laughs> but yeah, everyone, if you want genuine, great human beings to listen to, listen to The Sit Down. Mm -hmm. The Sit Down with and Scott Dion Brown. Listen to the episode with um, Michael, featuring Michael Chan, and you'll be hearing that awesome story. What awesome story? About you saying your, how long you've been married for. Thanks, Nightingale. I thought we were going to just keep moving forward. Okay. I've already embarrassed myself enough. Moving forward. <laughs> It has been awesome just like seeing how our careers have changed coming mm -hmm. from one academic area to another one and mm -hmm. still just moving forward in our lives in general. Yes. So, back to Rabbit Rabbit. Hey, Rabbit, Eve, Rabbit Photographer dude. Our official pro photographer because we're so legit we have a photographer now. Do you like your drink? Yes, it's very refreshing. Mm -hmm. So come out to Rabbit Rabbit Tea at 10 something Richmond Hill and yeah, enjoy the tea. <laughs> I love you, E. That was good. That was good. No, we don't have a promo. Anyway, we Rabbit Rabbit Tea located at 10650 Leslie Street, Unit 4 in Richmond Hill. Mm -hmm. Now, before we sign off, where else would you recommend we have bubble tea? Where else would you recommend we have tea in general? And if you've been to Rabbit Rabbit Tea, have you tried it? Let us know what mm -hmm. you've tried. What drink did you try? Did and you now, enjoy your time? Two real questions. Mm -hmm. White pearls or black pearls? And the well, second I mean, real I question mean, <laughs> here is, how do you call bubble tea? Boba, BBT, what? So, so did you know, just a little uh, fact bite, that in Taiwan, apparently, and I read this online, so just take this with a grain of salt, boba is slang for a woman's chest. Oh my. Yeah. Yes. We're, we're talking about that on air. <laughs> yeah. We still like to advertise that we're kid-friendly somehow. Yeah, we are. Do, do you, that's why I said chest. <laughs> you know, there's nothing, nothing wrong with the human body. It's perfectly natural. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> but, but yeah, do you call it boba or do you call it bubble tea? Are you West Coast boba or are you East Coast bubble tea? Tell us, because it is war. It is all-out bubble boba war. So it's not really war, but again, just if you enjoy seeing cute little rabbits and enjoying different types of tea bases, check out Rabbit Rabbit Tea at 10650 Leslie Street, Unit 4 in Richmond Hill. All right, and that concludes our episode. Thank you so much for listening. Nightingale, how can people find you? Y'all can find me on Instagram at night.nguyen. So that is N-G-U-Y-E-N. Right, and if you want to find our photographer, E. You don't. That's right. He is so, like, underground. He's, like, totally, totally mysterious. 
Yes. And that's that's how we found him, you know? Yep. He's like he's like Banksy. You Banksy, know? yep. He he's is, like Banksy. He like, is the new Banksy. Like, <laughs> like you, you, when you see one of his photographs, You'll you know, know it's an E photograph. Yeah. You just know. What? He's the Banksy. For e. He's the Banksy of photographers. Love you, E. Thank and you. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Michael C.W. Chan and also on my website www.michaelchan.ca. Again, thank you for listening. A new episode is coming soon. And as always, stay, stay hungry. This has been Talking With Our Mouthful with Michael Chan and Nightingale Nguyen. The music by bensound.com. If you enjoyed this episode, why don't you join us on Instagram and Twitter at, at TWMF Podcast. We have a lot of bonus content like food pics, behind-the-scenes shenanigans, and more info about all the places Michael and Nightingale visit. And if you haven't already, please subscribe. A new episode comes out every two weeks. Thanks again for listening, and stay hungry.